0: So now's the time to really start to activate that network today and go deep with that network, you know, connect with people and do the things that we talked about earlier, ask how they're doing, ask what they're going to be doing. You want to work your way through what I call the VCP process, VCP.
1: And that is what is coming up on Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. So stay tuned. Now, here are two powerful words to change your life. What if. What if you do have what it takes? What if you can design your life? What if your crazy dreams do come true? You are here because you have a dream. You have a fire in your belly. You want to change the world and you want to lead the charge in the post socially distant era. The big question is this, how can ambitious people like us build our dream lives? This podcast gives you the answers. We have created the perfect community of the world's best minds who want to get things done. Survive and thrive in this uncertain world. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. Hello, and welcome to this new episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams Show. I have a very, very special guest today, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Uh, And I will, uh, you know, a lot of people may already know uh, Dr. Ivan, but I'll introduce him. Uh, uh, Dr. Meisner is the founder and chief visionary officer of BNI, which is the world's largest business networking organization. He founded it in 1985. The uh, organization now has 9,400 chapters throughout every populated continent of the world. Last year alone, BNI generated almost 12.3 million referrals resulting in $6.7 billion worth of business for its members. Called the father of modern networking by CNN and one of the top networking experts by Forbes, Dr. Meisner is considered to be one of the world's leading experts on business networking and has been a keynote speaker for major corporations, associations around the world. He has been featured in the LA Times, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, as well as numerous TV and radio shows, including CNN, the BBC, and the Today Show on NBC. Dr. Meisner's PhD is from University of Southern California. He's, now, he's a New York Times bestselling author who has written 24 books, including <laughs> one of his latest books, Who is in Your Room? He's also a columnist, columnist for entrepreneur.com and has been a university professor as well as a member of the Board, board of Trustees for the University of uh, Law World. Among his many awards, he has been named Human Humanitarian of the Year by the Red Cross and was recently the recipient of John C. Maxwell Leadership Award. He's also proud to be the co-founder of the BNI Charitable Foundation. How are you doing, Dr. Uh, Meisner?
0: I am doing great and please call me Ivan.
1: Okay, awesome. So, um, you know, you have done some tremendous work for the business community. One, one thing that I noticed right away is, you know, there are so many people in this world who have made billions for themselves but I think you are only one of the billions who have made billions for others. So how did that come about uh, that idea that, you know, you want to do something for others and help uh, the business community at large? Yeah. So, you know, I think B&I
0: is a great example of necessity being the mother of invention. Mm -hmm. I needed referrals for my consulting practice and I put together people I trusted, they trusted me. And uh, we started referring each other. And the reason I put it together was that I went to some networking groups they were just mercenary. I mean, they were just mercenary. They, you know, I'd go there and everyone was trying to sell to me. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like I'd been slimed. I needed to go home and get a shower because mm-hmm. everyone was selling to me. Didn't like those. Then I went to these other groups that were totally social. It was happy hour and hors d'oeuvres. Nobody was doing business. Yeah. I didn't like those. What I wanted to do was I wanted to take the idea of doing business, but not being so transactional. Yeah. And the idea of uh, social, but be more relational mm-hmm. and merge them together with the principal core value being this idea of giver's gain. Mm-hmm. This idea that if I help you, you'll help me, we'll all do better. Yeah. I had one group while that, you know, people asked me, would you help me open up my own group and my, another one and another one. And in a year we had 20 groups without wow. trying. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point that I realized we don't teach this in colleges and universities mm-hmm. anywhere in the world and and i thought this could scale uh today we have i mean every time you blink it goes up 9500 groups wow. in more than 70 countries around the world
1: amazing amazing but uh, as you said like you know just just the sheer fact that um people don't know uh, that this is even possible uh, people don't really understand that uh, you know i, I generally in business world, you're taught it's a dog eat dog world out there. (laughs) That's right. right. Just like, you know, just go and crush everybody you see. But here you are thinking about, you know, people need to collaborate and help each other. So just that uh, mentality is is at odds with the general thought process. So how did you even, you know, think that this was even possible that people will be referring business to you?
0: Well, you're absolutely correct. And what I really find interesting is as I travel the world, especially in, you know, outside the United States, oftentimes the first thing people will say when I'm doing a presentation, not now, because we're recording this or this is live on, during the COVID virus. But when I was traveling, people would say, oh, this thing is so American. Mm-hmm. This is so American. And I actually kind of take the direction that you just outlined. Yeah. I say, this is the least American thing I've ever done. Yeah. And you're like, what? Yeah. Well, think about it. When you think of American business, do you think of cooperation? collaboration let me help you you help me givers gain no you think a dog eat dog competition you're fired that's yeah. what you think of yeah, yeah. so this what i uh, have put together is not it's not an american thing it's not uh, any any cultural thing it it other than the culture of entrepreneurism yeah yeah It's about business people helping business people. And one of the things I've discovered is that any entrepreneurial nation in the world, we all want to do business with people we know, like, and trust. We all want to refer people who not only can help our customers, our clients, our friends, but also make us look good when we give the referral. Because when we give the referral, we give a little of our reputation away.
1: That's right.
0: If we give a good referral, it enhances our reputation. If we give a bad referral, it hurts our reputation. I realized that early on. And I knew that if we were giving good referrals to good people, it would blossom. And it has.
1: Awesome! That's great.
0: Even awesome. now in the pandemic.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: We have opened dozens of chapters. Brand new chapters have opened because what we've done is during this period of time, we flipped all 9,500 groups who met in person. Yeah. We flipped them all to an online platform amazing. until we're all released from what I call the great pause. I don't like to call it quarantine. It's yes. the great pause. That's where awesome. All, you know, the pause button has been pressed.
1: That's amazing. Now, before I go into that, like I know, you know, initiatives that become so big and they, they, they get uh, such wild adoption. Um, there is some sort of a trigger that happens in in somebody's life, and you mentioned you needed it uh, for your business. What was there any event that made you realize that uh, any 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 specific thing or person that inspired you that told you that you know this is even possible, like this is this is something that can scale to this level? Was there something like that?
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people call it the Brody moment. I don't know if you remember or if you ever watched. Um, Jaws, Mm -hmm. the movie Jaws. Yeah, yeah. In the movie Jaws, there's you know there's a boat and and the and the shark swims by and Brody says to the other guy, "You're going to need a bigger boat."
1: Yeah, yeah, right.
0: This this is too small. Mm -hmm. My Brody moment was the end of that first year, where I didn't plan on having two chapters, but at the end of the year I had twenty chapters.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And always at the end of the year, before New Year's, I always take a few days and reflect. How, how, um where do I want to be next year? Yeah. Where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in 10 years? How was last year, how was last year compared to what I thought it would be? Mm-hmm. And that year it was like, what the heck just happened? There's no way I expected to open 20 groups. I, I was a business consultant. I didn't run a network, but here I was then running a network. And it was, that was the point where I realized That I could actually impact far more people by building this network, by scaling this network, than I could as a management consultant, where I could only help a handful of people at a time. But I really felt I could make a bigger difference in people's lives um, by doing this, and that's when I sat down that week and created the plan to scale BNI. That's
1: great, and so I can only imagine. You know, as you said, you know, you you were running your consultancy service and. Here you are planning to grow this thing. I'm sure you had some challenges in terms of what kind of resources uh, you had access to. You know, I'm sure you needed a large team to manage this growth. So, uh, can you share with us some of the early challenges you you had to sort of go through to yeah. uh, to uh, make this happen?
0: Well, I grew the team gradually. I grew the team, you know, over time. Uh, I didn't have the money to hire a whole lot of people, so yeah. it was very organic. Um, I think one of the first challenges that we ran into is that, you know, we're, we're an organization of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and managing entrepreneurs is like herding cats. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to do it different. Yeah. So one of the first things we learned was that education, teaching, teaching people how to follow a system that worked yeah, yeah. is a leaky bucket process. I see, I see. If you train me, some of the information leaks out. If I train somebody else, even more information leaks out. When they train someone else more, so we discovered that we had to write everything down. I see. And we had to train people using one format and one system. And by training them uh, on this system, uh, then then you reduced the leaky bucket syndrome. And that was probably our first big thing. And then, of course, hiring people. That yeah. was, you know, that was a challenge. I remember, I don't know if you know, Harvey McKay. He wrote the book, yeah. uh, "Swimming with the Sharks," without yeah, getting, yeah. you know. I had har- I had lunch with Harvey years ago, and and he told me something very profound that was very useful and addresses your your question. He said, "Ivan, I've lost more sleep over the people I've kept." than the people I've fired
1: wow! wow.
0: that, that I, uh, you know, sometimes I try to keep somebody and it just doesn't work. And I lost more sleep over that. And I learned years ago, be slow to hire fast to fire. Yeah. Um, if we, if you do that, you're going to be able to scale your business quicker.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. Good. Very good advice. Now, one of the things that I, uh, you know, I was, uh, when I was researching your books and and, and what you talk about, uh, one thing really struck me, which is uh, you said something along the lines of um, the concept of one's life is like a room and anyone who enters it, that affects them forever. So yeah. can you unpack that as uh, for us?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What you're talking about is it's, it's this book, Who's in Your Room? Yeah, cool. that's the book. So imagine that you live your life in one room mm. and that one room, you can't quite see it, but that one room has only one door. And that door is an enter only door so that when people come into your room or into your life, they're there forever. Mm -hmm. You cannot get them out. Now, luckily, this is a a metaphor. But if this were true, if it were true, would you be more selective about the people that you've led into your life?
1: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah,
0: of course. So I would argue that it is more than a metaphor. Mm -hmm. And here's why. I want you to think of somebody because people say to me it's, it is a metaphor. Because I I have gotten people out of my life. So I want you to think now, and if you're watching this live, I want you to think of someone that you got out of your life. But when they were in your life, they were toxic. They were difficult. They did things to you that made you angry. Now I want to have you. I'm going to ask you here. Have you have you thought of somebody?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, I'm not going to make you name the person. Yeah, yeah. You don't know, have to name them. Um, I want you to think for a moment, and if you're watching this, I want you to think for a moment about what they did to you mm-hmm. that made you so angry. You got that? You yeah. thought, is it, Okay. So if they're still in your head, they're still in your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're there forever because the room starts here and ends here. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's your mind. It's all the experiences that you've allowed to come into your life. And so you do have to be more selective about who you bring into your head. Who do you bring into your room? Because their fingerprints are all over your brain forever. So what we talk about is how do you get more selective? And and this is a thin book. I mean, you you could read this whole book in two hours. We wanted it to be actionable. So we say, here's how you are more selective about who you allow into your room. Here's how you manage that process. Here's how you deal with the people that you've let in that maybe you shouldn't have. Yeah. Or maybe you had no choice. They're family members. Here's how you manage them in the room. And then how do you create the life of your dreams, the life you really want? That's the book. And it's very actionable. I think, honestly, I've written a lot of books. I think that book will make a bigger difference in people's lives than any book I've written.
1: Amazing. So uh, we'll put those uh, links for that book as well. As Thank the you. Um, all right. So now, you know, obviously, um, networking is about winning trust, and as you said, like you know, just just uh, understanding people are at a better at a at a human level. Uh, things have changed uh, because you know, shaking somebody's hand, looking them in the eye, is what built the trust. But now we are under you know uh, this this uh, unique condition where we are not able to do that. So I know you have uh, you know you have converted all your chapters into virtual but i know the, you must have some real good nuggets of uh, about how we can continue to network even under under uh, these conditions so can you share with us in a socially distant era like how how do you uh, network uh, yeah. in conditions
0: yeah so first of all I, you know i really it, most people are using the expression social distancing that's the common phrase but i'm not a fan of the, the, the term social distancing sure, sure. Uh, I, it is physical distancing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so one, one of the things I tell my members and people who listen to me is you need to be more social than ever, Yeah, yeah. but you need to be physically distant. So <clears throat> social distancing, no physical distancing. Yes. So this is an opportunity right now for you to be activating your network. Activate your network connect with people just like you and I are here now We're doing it live for a conversation But you can get on in Skype or go to meeting or zoom and you can have one-to-one meetings with people People that are that are close to you that are friends that are business associates Start with your closest and work your way back start with them and say, you know, how you doing? Is everything okay? family safe everybody healthy So what are your plans when this is all over? I I don't like to call it quarantine or lockdown. I like to call it the great pause. We have all been put in this great pause. The pause button has been hit. So what are you gonna do when we hit the play button? What's your plan? Here's my plan. This is what I'm gonna do. What are you gonna do? What do you need right now? What do you need then? Here's what I need. You know, Have that kind of dialogue so that when the play button is hit, you come out faster than your competition, who, by the way, is probably frozen in fear. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't be frozen in fear. Be focused by fear and use the technology that exists today, like this, to connect with people and be social.
1: That's great. Great advice. Um, now, uh, you know, connection obviously is is facilitated by social media. And so, some people are comfortable with social media, some people are not. So uh, any, any quick tips that you can give to people? You know, yeah. I, I have worked with um, a lot of accomplished people. Some people are so uh, ingrained uh, in, their, in their thinking that they don't want to touch computers. These are right. evil things or whatever. So, uh, you know, I, and I can understand where they're coming from. Right. Um, moving forward, like what can you suggest to them to soften their stance on technology?
0: So look, I love that question. That's a fantastic question. And let me share with you the answer I gave to a BNI president mm-hmm. who, who asked me something similar. Okay. She said, I have a member in our chapter who is a little older. She, she meant, you know, a lot of gray hair like me. She said, he's a baby boomer. And it, and it was very difficult just to get him to enter the referrals he gave online to do meetings online. He just, he's just, you know, he doesn't want to do it. What do I tell him? I told her, say this to him and here's your answer. I said, tell him that you spoke to Ivan. And Ivan said, I hate change. I hate change. I really do. My wife will be the first to tell you. Yeah, he doesn't like change. I hate change. The only thing I hate more than change is failure. Wow. You can, I said, say this to him. Ivan said, you can change or you can fail. Mm. The choice is really yours. I can't make that choice for you. You have to make that choice. And then I said to her, tell him, if you're willing to try to make that change, that you will be there to help him. I'm here to help you. I'll help you figure out how to do it. You know, you're not you're not on your own. You've got your network to help you. I will help you make that happen so that you don't fail. I hope you make the right choice. Yeah, and you know what? He made the right choice, and he That's did it. Great. It was amazing.
1: That's great, great story. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like you know, um, the ability or the willingness to change has to come from within. But as long as you're willing to change, I think there is quite a bit of help available uh, to to help you change. So that's great. Let's take a quick break for an important message from the Bootstrapping Your Dreams community. Get the support and insights you need for your business and life. Join our community, which is fueled by the same people who advise the world's top leaders and champions. Stay ahead of the curve. Join us now by navigating to bootstrapping.group any other uh, any other uh, thing uh, like online identity so one thing i worry about is you know people are going to start networking online and with technology everything can scale exponentially and so uh, this has happened to me as well where you know i have been able to automate some things it increases the efficiency but it loses the human touch it uh, I think that you know when a lot of people start to interact with each other again, this technology and uh, automation and things like that will take over. So, any ideas, any thoughts on how to maintain the human touch in in your communication online uh, when you when you're connecting with people?
0: Well, I think the best way to do that is uh, not through email, but through you know during the Great Pause. It's this kind of technology. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as being face-to-face, it's two-dimensional face-to-face, yeah, yeah. but it's pretty darn good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I think back to when I started I in 1985, oh my goodness, if the pandemic had happened then, I don't know what I would do. Or, or in the 90s, the early 90s, I, I don't know what I would have done, or even the mid 90s. You know, at that time, in the late 80s, 90s, the second largest line item in my budget mm-hmm. was the telephone bill. Oh, wow. There was employees were number one, Mm -hmm. telephone bill was the second most expensive thing. Technology didn't exist to to be able to do these kinds of things. You had to call somebody and then it was crazy expensive. Mm -hmm. Today, I don't even know where the phone bill is in our budget, it's buried, it's nothing. So the technology exists that allows you to connect with people in ways that you don't don't lose the human touch, even though we can't touch. You've got to be able to, to have conversations like this and I try to do all my meetings uh, like this on Zoom or on, on, on Skype or face, yeah. uh, uh, go to meetings so that you can have an element of that human touch. By the way, when this is all over, and it will be, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised that if in BNI uh, we end up transitioning to some hybrid yeah, yeah, yeah. where it's partially online and partially in person because nothing's more powerful than in yeah. person.
1: True, true. Yeah, it's interesting how some of the paradigms are going to shift um, yes. just as a result of, of this. Now, I wrote about this, by the way, mm-hmm. really?
0: yeah, two years ago. Oh, wow. Two years uh, ago. So what, I, what about? it
1: yeah. It
0: was in, uh, it, you can find it at entrepreneur.com. Okay. I wrote an article. I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. You can put sure, it in sure. the show notes. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: um,
0: I wrote an article. The title was something like, um, uh, the future of face-to-face is online. And what I was talking about was technology, because I I said technology is going to be a disruptor for organizations like BNI. I I didn't name BNI, but for networking groups, it's going to be a disruptor. uh, Because I I was reading material about mixed reality technologies and 3D technologies, holographic technology. And I read a report by Linden Labs where the vice president said that Mixed reality technologies within five to ten years will be as commonplace as the iPhone. Wow. As commonplace as the iPhone. And when that happens, uh, that's going to be disruptive. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And I predicted that within five to ten years, we were going to see a lot more networking online. Now I didn't foresee the, the virus. Yeah, yeah. But when I when I put that out, most people are like, oh no, Ivan, how could you possibly say that? Well. I said, look, it'll work. It won't be as good as fake in in person, but it will work. But now we're seeing it, it works. Do you know that last month, last month, BNI online, our members Mm -hmm. generated just under 1 billion US dollars worth of business for each other,
1: just last month. So yeah, this will work. Amazing, amazing. So um, I, you know, I realize I should have started there, and I'm glad you mentioned it because a lot of people don't even realize the power of networking, right? Yeah. And in some cases, they realize the power of networking, and they say, you know, oh, it's too late for me, or you know, I'm I'm I have missed the boat, or what have you. So can can we just uh, share, you know, what what kind of problems these networks can solve, especially in a time like this?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd say it's never too late. I love the the the, the um... Chinese saying, uh, uh, when's the best time to plant an oak tree?
1: Yeah. The
0: answer is 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. When's the second best time? Today.
1: Today, yeah.
0: So for those people who haven't really built their network, now's the time. You see, the the biggest complaint that I had uh, uh, pre-COVID was, I don't have time to network. Mm -hmm. Okay, you got plenty of time now. yeah, yeah. Okay, so now's the time to really start to activate that network today and go deep with that network, you know, connect with people and do the things that we talked about earlier. Ask how they're doing. Ask what they're going to be doing. Ask how you can help them. You may not be able to help everybody, but you can help somebody. And when you help somebody, that's the beginning of really creating a powerful connection with someone. And so you're you're activating your network is more important than ever right now. Now, I'm telling you, B&I members are going to come out of this in a way better position than the average business person because they're talking business now. They're getting creative, really creative. You want to hear a real good creative? Yeah, yeah, please, yeah. So there was this one person, she was, you know, meeting online, doing one-to-ones. She was a furniture reupholstery company. Not exactly an essential business. Yeah, yeah and she had to furlough all of her employees and and she couldn't do anything until it hit her in a, in you know talking to people wait a minute i've got all these this cloth really good material i should be making masks wow she then transitioned her business on an interim basis to to a mask producing company using quality cloth then she reached out to her BNI fellow BNI members, her network, and she said, these are available. And they started telling hospitals and nurses and hospices. And she's now selling, she's now an essential business wow. and selling um, uh, antiviral masks. And I, I read one thing where a woman said, uh, a nurse said, these are the best masks I've ever seen. These are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And so, You've got to be creative. You've got to—that's a way that you activate your network to to get through this and get through it well.
1: Okay, awesome. That's great story. Great inspiration. Now, uh, one other or two other aspects of of uh, uh, you know getting into a network is 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 getting over this uh, anxiety of uh, you know getting rejected or not being part of the group or not being worthy enough or whatever it is. A lot of people just hold back because of that, right? Yeah. And also, as you mentioned, uh, we have to be very careful about who we allow in and 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 form relationships with. So um, how do we determine who is the right person or the right group we can join? And how do we elevate our own uh, personality so that we can make ourselves worthy of that group? Um,
0: I think the, the second part of the question is sometimes harder than the first part of sure, the question. Sure, yes. The second part of the question uh, is I would, I would tell people this, you're an expert at what you do. Mm-hmm. L- live in that, the, especially if you go to a network like BNI where we only take one person per professional category, mm-hmm. you are the expert in real estate or family law or travel or chiropractic, whatever field you're in, you're the expert. Celebrate that, go in knowing that nobody in that room knows as much about that field as you do. So go into it with that understanding. Now finding the right group, you know, we're meeting online. People can go to bni.com and find online meetings all around the world, but they can meet online. Um, there, what you want to do is you want to, you want to get a feel for the people there. You want to talk to them before the meeting and after the meeting, you can do breakout rooms where you can say, Hey, can I talk to you a little bit about, as a matter of fact, if you're a visitor, you'll be taken to a breakout room to talk a little bit about what BNI is like, ask questions. You want to make sure that the people in the room or online are, they're the kind of people you're looking for. They're positive. They're supportive. They're there to help you. Don't worry about whether you can give them referrals or not yet. That'll happen. Worry about whether this is a good fit, whether they're positive and supportive. And if they are, then they'll teach you how to give referrals. That'll happen. Right. But just make sure that you're comfortable with the people in the room. Yeah. And uh, and you'll know, you'll know. Visit a group or two,
1: yeah. you'll know. You know I, I'll, I'll share one uh, quick story of mine. Uh, you know, I heard about BNI uh, a long time ago. I just didn't uh, get a chance to, or you can say like I I had that those same apprehensions, you know, whether I'd be able to contribute or whatnot. And I think uh, what last two uh, in February, I attended uh, my first BNI meeting and I was really um, encouraged by how uplifting everyone is to the, to the extent that, you know, everyone in the room knew the slogan or the logo of each of the uh, members. So as uh, people were describing their wins, Everyone in the room were chanting their slogan. That was like a, a real eye opener about what kind, what level of community BNI is. So that was a really a pleasant experience.
0: Thank you. What city did you uh, visit? Uh, I
1: visited North North Vancouver. Where's that? North Vancouver. So in in Canada, in Ven- uh, British Columbia, I yeah. was in North Vancouver.
0: Canada chapter. was our first country outside of the United States oh, that really? we opened uh, chapters in. Yeah
1: great. That's great. So um, now one other thing that I read in the literature that you put out is, is the networking disconnect. So can yeah. you help us understand what that is?
0: Yeah, sure. So years ago, I spoke in London and there was hundreds and hundreds of people at this event. It was an all day event and there was a lot of networking and I was a keynote speaker and I don't know what possessed me, but when I got up, I asked a question of everyone. I said, how many of you are here today Raise your hands if you're here hoping to just maybe possibly sell something. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, 900 people raised their hands. Every, everybody raised their hands. I said, great, thank you. Second question. <laughs> how many of you are here today hoping to, you know, maybe just possibly buy something? Yeah, yeah. No one raised their hands. <laughs> Not one single person. And this is what I call the networking disconnect. you show up to a networking event wanting to sell, but you're not there to buy, uh, it's not going to go the way you hope. So what do you do? People say, well, then why go? Well, I'll tell you why. You want to work your way through what I call the VCP process. VCP stands for visibility, credibility, profitability. First, you have to be visible. People have to know who you are and what you do. Then you can move to credibility where people know who you are. They know what you do. They know you're good at it. And then and only then can you get the profitability where people know who you are, they know what you do, they know you're good at it, and they're willing to refer business to you. And that takes time. Networking is more about farming than it is about hunting. It's about cultivating relationships. So you go to networking events, you look for people that you're at profitability with. You can go to them and have a quick conversation. Great to see you again. Thanks for that referral the other day. Or I gave you a referral. How did that work out? go to the people that you're in credibility with but you haven't actually done any referrals with go a little bit deeper see how you can help them and then of course mingle around and meet people so that you can be get to visibility with them where they know who you are uh, that's why you go to networking events is to work your way through the VCP process
1: yeah that's great yeah that's a great advice and i noticed that uh, myself like you know a lot of people have this this uh, psychology they'll just go there and talk to them and say hey this is my product and service, and and then, and yeah. then uh, to your point, nobody's there to buy. Um, yeah, and they behave uh, like a card dealer. Yeah, they're just
0: yeah. passing out cards, right? Like like you know, like poker. They're passing yeah. out,
1: yeah.
0: except it's business cards.
1: Yeah.
0: And I, that doesn't work. That, that's not effective. I mean, that alone is not effective. It's about the connection and the conversations that you have.
1: True. True. And now um, there is another th- uh, interesting thing I, uh, that caught my eye, which is the Meisner Plan. So, yeah. what what's that all about? Okay, so
0: that's a completely different topic. I'm happy to touch upon it. But about eight years ago, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer, oh. and uh, I uh, was very surprised by that. And um, I was very much a Western medicine kind of person, mm-hmm. but my I was headed down to San Diego to meet my family and there's a medical center there called the center for advanced medicine. And my wife knew the doctor there really well. And he met me on, on the weekend. He met me on Sunday. And, um, and he said, look, you can, you can address this holistically, um, you know, continue to do whatever you're going to do, but there are things that you can do that can help you with this. And I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it at all, mm-hmm. but I was like, okay, what the heck I'll, I'm in. Cause the doctor told me I had six months to get wow. surgery. He said, you need surgery within six months. Wow. So take some time, think about what kind of surgery you want, whether you want radiation or chemotherapy as well. Think about those things. So I figured, okay, I got six months to make a decision. I'm going to look for what is the least invasive because prostate cancer is very bad for men. The side effects are very bad. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'll do this holistic thing. Cause at least I'll be in a better, healthier place yeah. for when I have to make the decision. Well, what happened was after six months and I went back to the doctor, he was looking at my numbers and my scans and he said, what are you doing? And I said, why? He said, these numbers are way better and the scans are are really good. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I just changed what I ate. He said, yeah, it can't be that. What else are you doing? I'm like, No, that's it. He said, okay, well, all right. You don't need to go to surgery right now. Come back in a month. And I went back next month. And he looked and he said, They're better than last month. What are you doing? And I said, I just I changed my diet. Mm-hmm. Did that for another three months. At, at mm-hmm. Before the end of the year, he said to me, I don't get it. You're in remission. I don't need to see you till next year. Wow. That was almost eight years ago. Nice. Um, I still have not done radiation, chemotherapy, or surgery. Amazing. Amazing. And what I did was change my diet. I went to an organic, uh, sort of Mediterranean, Style diet, uh, virtually no red meat. I did, I did zero red meat for several years. Now I will have a steak once a year, but but um, you know, virtually no red meat, uh, fish, a little bit of chicken, organic food, uh, and so the Meisner Plan is a website that I put up. It's free. We're not selling anything. We do have a book if you want to buy the book, but we're donating all the royalties to uh, nutritional research. So um, it's all free content up there, MeisnerPlan.com, uh, and it's the story of what I did.
1: No, that's great. I, I'm glad we touched upon this because, uh, you know, just like anything else, even networking, you have to have an open mind and yeah. just try it once, and you may be surprised of what uh, what uh, opportunities we are missing out on. And uh, that's a good message for even for this time as well. You know, we if we look around for opportunities, there are plenty of them out there. Uh, so. Yeah. I just want to thank you so much for doing what you're doing for entrepreneurs around the globe and uh, making such a huge difference in people's lives. And also coming on to our show, I know you're so busy. So thank you so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom. Uh, how can people reach out to you? Uh, what is the best way they can interact with you?
0: Yeah, let me give you that, and then I have some closing comments if you. Yeah. Please,
1: please. yeah. Um, so uh,
0: you can you can go to my blog, ivanmeisner.com. I've got lots of uh, free content. It's all free content up there, ivanmeisner.com. You can, uh, if you're interested in visiting BNI online, just go to bni.com and find a a local region in your area where you can visit. Mm -hmm. And here's what I want to leave you with. And I I think it's an important message for people, especially in this day and age. And that is that hope is more powerful than fear. Mm -hmm. Hope is more powerful than fear. Hope plus action leave fear in the dust. Hope is hearing that little voice inside you whispering about what can be when everyone around you is shouting what can't be. I tell those of you watching this now, have hope and take action. Be safe, but be connected. Not not socially disconnected, but socially connected, but physically distanced. Do, you know, do that, have hope, take action. We'll get through this. It'll be okay.
1: Yeah, that's amazing message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Amazing, thank you so much.
0: Thank you, it's a pleasure that's being awesome. on.
1: Thanks. That's all for now. Until next time. If you want to realize your full potential, I invite you to join our community. We support and help each other out because no one has to do it alone. Join us today by navigating to bootstrapping.group. The community is free to join, no strings attached except for one. You have to take action. So if you are an action taker, we want to talk to you. Join us by navigating to bootstrapping.group. If you want more insightful interviews with industry leaders then check out the other videos we have picked for you right here and subscribe now to get our new content.